listening to Sports Radio Detroit. Welcome to Grave Discussions. I'm your host, Barnabas. And I'm your co-host, Samael. Welcome to episode 69, Midsummer Madness. That's right. 69! <laughs> Sorry, I had to be very, of course, very, very douchey right there. 69! 69! It is a special episode here at Grave Discussions uh, this week because we are going to be covering probably one of, if not the most hyped movie of the year maybe it chapter two but uh we're gonna be talking of course about midsummer we just saw it over the weekend Mm -hmm. and uh, i felt like i was in that theater for hours not physically but mentally oh yeah absolutely if you guys have already seen it you'll know what we're talking about and um, if you haven't seen it then stick around we're going to be discussing it in our main segment just a little bit later on in the episode But first, of course, we have to give a shout out to our gracious host network, Sports Radio Detroit. Yes, and you can find them on Twitter, Instagram, at Facebook. That's SRD Sports Radio Detroit, not Detroit Sports Radio. Exactly. So, guys, uh, we do just have a very quick sponsored break as well. So uh, stick around. We'll be back very soon. Here at Grave Discussions, we know that addiction can be scary but it doesn't have to be. Let the Detox Helpline help you break your addiction to drugs and alcohol. Call the addiction specialist now at the Detox and Treatment Helpline 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They're always available for you. And if you have private insurance, they specialize in finding you the right treatment. Give them a call at 1-800-213-9257. That is 800-213-9257. All right, so... Just like the beginning of every Grave Discussions episode, we're going to catch you guys up to speed with what's been going on in the world of horror over the past uh, several days. The biggest announcement um, was, of course, the Chris Rock-produced Saw movie officially has its uh, stars. I'm not sure if he's going to be like the main star, but Chris Rock himself is confirmed to actually be starring in the film, along with Samuel L. Jackson. Motherfucker. Mm-hmm, yes. So um, that's pretty interesting news. Uh, of course, not something I think that any anybody expected, but how do you feel about it, Sam? Real quick. I'm pretty excited, and it's being released around Halloween time, just like the original was in October. So I'm pretty pumped. I'm excited to see what Chris Rock is going to put out. Different spin yeah. on it. I'm kind of sick of seeing... Hello, Jim. Like in every fucking... <laughs> Even though he's a comedian... Like, we saw what Jordan Peele can do. It doesn't mean that he's not a, you know, creative visionary, or it doesn't mean that he doesn't love horror. A lot of people love horror. Yeah. People you wouldn't expect. Exactly. Schwarzenegger. I mean, LeBron. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm willing to give it a shot for sure. I mean, given his track record of movies, I don't know if I'm, like, super excited about, you know, the, the quality of it as far as horror 
goes. But yeah, I mean, he could totally have a fresh take on it. I think and, so. And I don't think that it's going to be a pure like reboot. So he's going to be carrying on the story of Jigsaw, supposedly. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what he, what new stuff he brings. You know? Same. So this next article is about uh, another series now that's uh, getting kind of rebooted or reimagined. Stephen King's The Stand is going to be coming to CBS All Access and another interesting cast member being announced now. Right, and there's going to be a 10-episode thing and it's going to have James Mar- Marsden, Amber Heard, Whoopi Goldberg, Greg Kinyar, Odessa Young, Henry Zaga, and Marilyn Manson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> the the evil king of emo rock and roll himself uh, is coming to this. I'm not like super surprised by it. He has uh, been in other films before. He has. But mostly just in like... Uh, you wouldn't recognize him though. Yeah, and like cameo roles. And yeah, mostly without like the makeup and stuff. So um, I'm assuming it's going to be kind of the same thing here. I just wonder if he's going to have a bigger part or if it's going to be another like cameo appearance. Um, he's also going to be uh, supplying um, a track to this the series as well. Um, him and Shooter Jennings with a cover of The End by The Doors. So, I mean, that's pretty cool. It's pretty badass. I think it's going to do good. Usually everything Stephen King related is decent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and CBS All Access has had pretty good success so far with like the twilight zone and stuff so i mean i think yeah i think it's got a real shot i agree so this next one though we had some mixed feelings about so okay let me just say it real quick all right orion is partnering with it producer turn the viral momo challenge hoax into a horror movie great let's just capitalize on some shit why not yeah i mean slenderman and all this crap i i was like 100 percent positive that this was going to happen and actually there's already another movie in the works the getaway um, yeah called the getaway by lilton stewart the third but now uh it producer roy lee and uh his vertigo entertainment and producer taka ichize are coming out with another momo video um i mean i have no idea what it's going to be about this is pretty much just an announcement I mean, I don't know. The The sculpture thing is creepy, but if they really just kind of make it all about that and just use a bunch of CGI, which they're liable to do, then eh, it'll just be another Slender Man, most likely. Oh, yeah. I think it's definitely going to be. I'm calling it. It's going to be trash. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't have super high hope, hopes for it, but some people were excited, so that's happening. So, guys, uh, we do have just a few trailers to round out the news here, and then we'll get into our first official segment so the first one uh is a remake of a david cronenberg classic that i feel like is often actually overlooked as far as like his, his filmography goes but this one is going to be uh, rabid directed by the Sa- uh, saska sisters and uh, it does not look bad at all it looks interesting the only thing is like the cinematography cinematography looks kind of weird i don't know i guess they did that on purpose to make it seem more erratic but this chick gets into this accent or whatever. Her face is like, she doesn't have like a left cheek. Yeah. So then she uses like stem cells and gets rabies. And then everyone gets rabies. That's the gist yeah. of it. <laughs> I don't know uh, how close to the original premise this is. Like to the T, I've, I've still never seen the original actually, but. No, I haven't. Yeah. But um, I mean, the, the 
concept is pretty cool. It's something that's been, I think, played around with in like uh, zombie movies or like mutant movies or whatever uh, a few times. But overall, the premise is cool, especially with like, you know, taking on another person's skin or whatever, and it causes you to go through some changes and shit. It's right up the Sasuke sisters alley too. Um, the trailer looks like some shit from like the mid 2000s, like one of those low budget horror movies. Yeah. You know, but uh, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of what they're known for, I guess, with like American Mary and stuff. Like the cinematography is never that great, but it's kind of like that sleazier sort of B horror. Um, it's cool that they're tackling this movie though, I guess. Again, I, I've never seen the original, so I don't have any stake in it. But yeah, you know, another uh, another zombie movie, kind of. More like 28 Days Later. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm still kind of excited to check it out. It's coming out um, August at uh, Fright Fest. So once we have a more, like, uh, wide release date, we'll let you guys know. The next one actually looks awesome. Yeah, it does. Um, this is the one I'm, out of the three, I'm most excited for this one. Mm-hmm. Why don't you tell them uh, what it is, Sam? This one's called The Wretched. So the mom kills a what, whatever the hell it was, like a boar or something. Mm-hmm. And then I, I, I didn't really like grasp what it was fully about, but all of a sudden I see like monsters and like they're harassing like the neighbors yeah. and people are like, those people are fucking crazy. You know, there's something wrong with them. And then there's like, just like a fucking demon thing sitting at a baby's crib that was caught on camera. Yeah. And it looks fucking wild. I don't even know what the hell is going on. That's how you know it's going to be good. It's just a whole bunch of fucking scary looking demonic things, creatures, whatever the fuck they are. From what I gathered reading the description and stuff, it's going to be kind of like some blend of of demonic shit and witchcraft. Yeah, I saw like the photo of the witch that was drawn in the yeah. in the trailer. So It's pretty cool. You know, I'm, uh, I'm never opposed to seeing like witch or, or cult stuff in uh like a you know suburban residence it's classic it's a little overdone but this one actually looks cool um i don't know how generic it's going to be but the actual atmosphere and like the practical effects all look dope to me so uh, i am very excited for this one it's coming out i think at the end of july at fantasia film festival all the movies uh in the trailers today are all like festival movies uh for now there hasn't been like a, a wide released like a trailer announcement but yeah if you go to fantasia check it out this next one also coming out at fantasia film festival but this one's a a little bit different so the last trailer is for what i think is a continuation of the ring and it's called sadako yeah and it's supposed to be this uh i guess it's a sequel to the ring because why would japanese remake movies they know better than that (laughs) yeah and uh Honestly, nothing really special about it. I mean, I've I watched the first three and they were all kind of the same. You know, the first one had its like impact and it was great. Then the other two were just like, oh, you know. Yeah, yeah I mean, it kind of looks like the Japanese version of the American Rings to me, except maybe without all the techie like chain letter sort of stuff. I mean, that's a staple of the series anyway, but this one kind of gives me those vibes for some reason it'll probably still be better um but yeah it doesn't look like anything too crazy original it's really just hey this person went into some old abandoned you know what was it burned down warehouse or building or something yeah and uh sadako shows up and 
Then the video thing happens and it follows this woman who apparently knows Sadako. I mean, it seems like it's a new story, but at the same time, it's still the ring and you can only kind of see that stuff in the ring so many times before it just gets kind of, you know, too familiar. That's kind of how I feel about this movie, but it looks okay. The trailer is not that good <laughs> itself. No, <laughs> especially with that music that came on, like that upbeat, like Japanese anime music oh, that God. was just very misplaced. Yeah, that was uh, that was a little unpleasant, unfortunately. But um, yeah, check out the trailer uh, if you guys want. Uh, once we have more info about the actual wide release, we'll let you know. But uh, we are going to move on into our first segment of the episode. And uh, in this one, we're going to look at a classic film. And this one it has some uh, relation to Midsommar. And we're going to be discussing it in The Cult Corner. And in this week's Cult Corner Fiends, we have a movie that uh, a lot of people have been comparing to Ari Aster's uh, follow-up to Hereditary. And this one is The Wicker Man, but uh, not the one with Nicolas Cage. No, no. Not the bees, but uh, actually the 1973 uh, original Wicker Man directed by Robin Hardy. So uh, right off the bat, we just saw this movie for... Well, I just saw this movie for the first time uh, recently. I don't know when the first time you saw it was. Probably like 10 years old when I first saw it. Okay. I learned about it from 100 Scariest Movie Moments on Bravo, I mm-hmm. think it was. And then I watched it after that, and I was like, damn, this movie's fucked up. Yeah. Didn't uh, Spike TV have one of those things? I think they might have, yeah. yeah. Okay. I don't know. I just thought of that randomly. I feel like I've seen it on there before, but yeah, I've always heard about this movie. I've just never actually sat down and watched it. Obviously, I knew about, you know, the the giant Wicker Man thing at the end. Oh, yeah. But I didn't know what else to expect for the rest of the movie. And uh, I can definitely see the comparisons to Midsummer, which well, we're going to talk about all that. But the general kind of themes and motifs and everything are actually pretty consistent between the movies. Yeah. And uh, it, it has that. I would say this movie has actually less of like a folk horror kind of vibe to it it's more of like a mystery yeah movie but th- there's definitely some of that it's just more kind of realistic almost i would say yeah and i think i think that's largely due to just like the the 70s like cinema you know aesthetic and there wasn't a focus on drugs in this movie either yeah right this one was actually a lot more like religious and philosophical and stuff yeah and like and like moralistic almost than midsummer because it explored uh the 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 main character is sergeant howie um who is like a deeply christian virgin (laughs) he was a deeply christian man and he comes to this island where everybody is essentially a pagan you know he was kind of better term freaked out by that yeah and uh yeah he wasn't having it at all but he, he shows up on the search for a missing girl, actually, mm-hmm. who uh, was reported to him by, by you know, a mysterious stranger. And yeah, he's, he basically spends the rest of the movie kind of trying to figure out what's going on. And then he learns that everybody on this island is a lot different than him and they have some, you know, weird beliefs. Oh, yeah. They, uh, 
they they all pretended they had no recollection of her and then he started doing more like uh more spying he went to like the school or whatever the fuck that was yeah and then like he saw her name in like the records and then like he ended up finding her and trying to like sneak her out they ended up getting caught but like she wasn't hesitant you know to like go back she was like kind of like oh yeah you know my people this and that and then turns out she was not he thought he she was gonna end up being the sacrifice right yeah but it turns out he was the virgin and all that stuff all that good stuff haha mm. plot twist yeah. and then like because they've had like some some bad shit happen with their crops and stuff everything was dead and then so they decided they got this is the guy they got a sacrifice this is what they've been planning from the beginning you know that's mm. why they contacted him which i don't know how anyone would know this man is like a virgin or whatever the right. fuck but you know that's what happened and uh i've it this movie was not as unsettling as midsummer this one had more of like a you know what the fuck is going on and like it doesn't drag at all but like you know little by little it lets you unwrap like what the hell is going on or let you think you're unwrapping you're thinking you're un unwrapping the story and that you know this girl's gone missing because like she was going to be like the sacrifice mm -hmm. you know and it turns out that is the farthest thing from the truth yeah no the unraveling story actually was interesting to me i think they did a good job of setting up the mystery exploring it you know giving us little hints here and there but largely leaving it kind of for us and the main character to figure out together um which was cool you know i, I think the actual structure of the story as he sort of begins to figure out what the hell's going on is solid and uh the nice thing is that we still end up not really knowing what the fuck's going on we can probably guess that oh it's him you know yeah. that that they're plotting something maybe, and that something weird's going on but maybe if you watch this in the 70s you wouldn't figure that out because yeah. there wasn't many movies with that like setup this guy's like you know like shutter island for example mm -hmm. like it had like the similar kind of what's going on and haha it's you you know yeah. like yeah now it feels kind of familiar for sure oh yeah honestly now that i'm thinking about it this movie kind of resembles children of the corn for me yeah <laughs> sort of Dude, i don't know i haven't watched that in years it's been a while for me too yeah but uh, just the just the kind of religious atmosphere, I guess, to me, sort of feels similar. And then you know, obviously, there's like that sacrifice and stuff at the end as well. Yeah, I can but, see it. So kind of, it's not exactly the same, but yeah, this movie, uh, I thought was going to be a lot more disturbing and stuff as well. I don't even know if it was in the seventies. I mean, if you put yourself in the shoes of Sergeant Howie, then it's terrifying. Yeah. Then absolutely, you know, not only because of that, but because your whole like faith is being questioned too so he's just like extremely emotionally mentally distraught as the film progresses like more and more you know and uh yeah but he, he told that, that dude good. like yo just because you sacrifice someone doesn't mean your crops are gonna grow it's dead yeah. it's dead land and when this doesn't work they're gonna your people are gonna turn and sacrifice you yeah but you know what hey that's that's what they believe he obviously believes something different and uh, as a non-Christian person, you know, I, I couldn't help but dislike him in this movie. Kind of, yeah. You know? I mean, I didn't side with, like, the pagans or anything like no, that either. No, both of them. <laughs> yeah, but but the whole time I was going like, well, hey, you know, maybe if you weren't so close-minded, yeah. then none of this would happen and you can actually accept things. You know, from, cause from the beginning, he didn't know that they sacrificed people. No, fuck no. You know, they just looked kind of like normal people yeah they probably weren't super welcoming to strangers but he was very antagonistic the entire time as well and uh at some point he was even like 
only thing I care about is the law or something like that. I'm just paraphrasing, but, and it was obvious that that wasn't all that was important to him. No, he was also really focused on his faith being attacked. Oh yeah. So another thing I liked about this movie is like, it has that seventies feel, especially with the script and like how they talk and everything. And yeah, how, how he looked, you know, and like the score. Yeah. Even his, like, like his word choice, the Mm -hmm. little, I don't want to call that an accent, but it's it's an, still an accent. You yeah, know, he had well, that I mean, certain. Yeah, he's like British. Yeah, he had that. He had that certain like seventies vibe to him. You know. Yeah. As opposed to Nicolas Cage in like <laughs> the remake. <laughs> the bees. Yeah. No, I, I I get it. the The way that they acted and everything definitely for me, like it, I just knew that it was the seventies. Oh yeah, you could tell like right off the bat. Honestly, as soon as the movie starts with mm. with how everything looks. Yeah. Yeah, no, the the cinematography, just the way the camera moves is very... Subtle. Yeah, it's subtle, but it's very distinctive of the 70s. Oh, yeah. The the editing style as well. Everything is very brightly lit. Um, And, you know, this is another movie where we really don't see much of the nighttime. Yeah. Probably one of the first horror movies really like that, uh, at least in color, I suppose. But that, the score, all the upbeat music, it was a lot of, like, those, uh like, Scottish traditional scottish songs or yeah. whatever i think but all of that stuff took me out of the horror element and put me more into like oh this is more of a, a weird mystery movie element but uh yeah i, th- I think the 70s vibe is just kind of difficult sometimes to actually make scary but that's not what they were going for i think the horror part is actually horror for any like non-pagans because every yeah. other religion fears every other religion yeah. and thinks they're like satan worshipers or like Baal worshippers mm. and all that stuff. So, like, for Christians and for anyone else of the Abrahamic faiths, this movie is pretty like unsettling because, like, like I said, they're not too op- like you said, they're not too open-minded. Right. Yeah. No, I can definitely see that for sure. To me, it was just a good kind of story. But even then, like, it, it felt more like how you would encounter it in real life. I guess. Yeah. It, it wasn't extremely exaggerated. Like. You didn't just see, you know, vaginas out and oh yeah, all that kind of. I mean, you did, but it wasn't not like, like in not like in midsummer. There's <laughs> dicks everywhere. Yeah, it, it, so it wasn't like that at all. Like it wasn't extreme. It seemed almost normal, and there weren't too many of those actual shots or scenes where something like really d- fucked up or disturbing was going on. Yeah. So, I mean, the vibe was was there, but. It wasn't as unsettling. Yeah, it didn't feel like the air was thick in this movie like it was in Midsummer. Right. It didn't feel like you were you were experiencing this movie. You know what I mean? Because Midsummer yeah. was an experience. This oh, yeah. this was like a what's going on type of Sherlock Holmesy mystery thing. Yeah. This this almost kind of had the like sort of the vibe and pacing to me of like a Hitchcock movie. A little bit. I don't know. I'm just thinking about some of the stuff that he's done in like the daytime but was a rear window mostly in the daytime uh it was kind of half and half but okay something like north it's, by it's northwest been a, it's been a long time for me yeah no, i hear you the birds was the birds yeah kind of and you know that was that was set in like the <laughs> kind of like the countryside or like rural areas but yeah i don't i don't know it just kind of felt like that to me but um ultimately not quite what i was expecting 
but a good movie great acting oh yeah the acting was everybody. superb christopher lee of course was was awesome one of the goats yeah and uh he plays a great villain so i mean he was i guess a villain in this movie just because of his position relevant to like the main character but yeah yeah but other than that it was just kind of like hey you know this is what we do here yeah like why are you on our island yeah fucking go away <laughs> or come okay. here and let us set you ablaze right that was the most disturbing part honestly yeah it was. he was like saying that prayer and like cursing them and shit so. <laughs> i mean that was definitely the standout moment of the movie to me it did kind of feel like i was really only watching this movie to get to that part yeah but it's really what it is i mean i guess it was worth it you know i wasn't like disappointed with it it, it wasn't like as impactful as i thought it was going to be but i definitely understand why people like like this movie and revere it and i thought it was decently paced as well yeah it was it didn't like drag on or it didn't have like too many unnecessary moments everything was like not everything was clear cut you had to like kind of figure it out but like like i said this movie lets you think you're figuring it out mm-hmm. like oh they're about to sacrifice this girl and he's going checking the school and like oh shit you know his suspicions were right and then it's like boom no yeah and no, i agree actually there's a uh so there's an hour and 27 minute long version which is the one i watched apparently there's also a longer version which oh, is like shit. an hour and 40 something minutes i think so i think there are just really some added scenes i'm not 100 percent sure but yeah uh if you guys have seen the longer version let us know what's different about it and if you like it better than the original cut but uh i think that this is a, a good opportunity to move into uh a review of midsummer which like we've been alluding to a lot crazier and more disturbing than the wicker man and we're going to be talking about it in this next segment right after this sponsored break do you love pop culture discussions about pop culture ranking and rating treasured pieces of that shared culture against each other i I mean i do think flea's a good bass player he does what he does very well and like i said he's he's a he's like a rock star you know he's eccentric what is so funny i just didn't know he talked so long about flea i I didn't know anybody had so many feelings i do so many i got feelings (laughs) (laughs) music movies television food sports pro wrestling we are the determination of what is over or underrated across all fields of greater cultural consumption Subscribe and review on Apple Podcasts and Podbean or visit us at sportsradiodetroit.com. Over under fair, your final word in pop culture relevance. Hey, Samuel. Hey, Barnabas. What's up? Oh, not much. Have you ever written a book? No, but I've written a musical. Oh, well, you can become a published author with Dorrance Publishing, the nation's oldest publishing services company. Aha, I hear countless authors have trusted Dorrance for nearly 100 years to bring their books to the market. Their professional team will edit your text, design your book pages, and create an appealing, eye-catching custom cover. Plus, their authors benefit from a custom book promotion marketing campaign that makes your book available where people buy books. So, make this free call right now to claim your free author's guide to publishing. Do not wait another day. Take one step closer to realizing your dream of becoming a published author. And seeing your name in print. Uh Uh-huh. You've already written a book. Next thing to do is make this free call now to Dorrance Publishing and get your free guide to publishing. Call right now. The number is 1-800-213-9259. Again, 1-800-213-9259. Welcome back to the main segment, folks. Today, we are going to be discussing Midsummer, 
And uh, I did say that it was probably like one of the most hyped up movies of the year, if not the most hype. I still think that's probably true and probably going to still be true. I mean, look at Hereditary. Uh, but the movie actually didn't perform super great at the box office. Uh, there are a lot of other movies that came out, but I think it's the movie that definitely has left the biggest impact on me. So uh, let's talk about it. We're going to give a spoiler-free review, at least for the main episode, because uh, we have a lot of you know people who uh, probably haven't seen the movie yet, and they'd like to know if you know it's worth checking out. But we are going to be giving a full review as well, and you'll be able to check that out on the Grave Discussions website. That's gravediscussions.net. So after you finish listening to the episode, if you want to go check out the, the spoilerific review, please go do so. And uh, we'll link it and everything too. But yeah, let's start off right off the bat. What were you expecting from the movie, Samuel? And how did you end up liking it? Did it meet your expectations? I think it exceeded my expectations because I thought like a bunch of kids were going to go on a vacation and participate in some ritual that they didn't know they were participating in from the trailer. I thought they were going to get drugged, which did happen. And I thought they were going to like all get tricked into like being sacrificed and, you know, for like the crops to grow, you know, the typical like pagan yeah. shit. And it, it was far from what I thought, honestly. Yeah. I will say a lot of those things did end up having some truth. Oh, yeah. But uh, there was definitely some really cool spins to it. It was funny as fuck, too, at some points. It was, yeah. I think, like you even said, actually, uh, after we left the showing, a lot of the humor was really quite well written because it didn't feel like it was forced. scripted or forced. And uh, I definitely agree with that. But, you know, the, the humorous elements didn't really cut into the actual atmosphere and, and vibe of the film, I thought. No, it still felt very, very strange. It felt yeah. like something was in the air, you know what I mean? Yeah, it, it really felt like it was like a fever dream to me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think that was definitely the entire point. Like you mentioned, the, the drugs played a big part of it, and we got that pretty much throughout the entire film. Uh, if you've seen the trailer, you kind of know the basic premise, but... Yeah, a group of anthropology students visit one of their friends' communities in uh, Sweden, and they take part in this midsummer uh, festival. And crazy shit does occur, but the, the main kind of focal point is that we see everything from the perspective of Danny Arder, played by Florence Pugh, who is not an anthropologist, but goes with her boyfriend Christian portrayed by Jack Rayner after a really traumatic event. I don't believe that the trailer uh, shows what happened and no. we're not going to spoil it, but something tragic happens to her and she goes along and it ends up being, I guess either the, the biggest mistake of her life or possibly the best mistake. I think the latter. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. You guys will see what we mean, but it's a very transformative experience um, in, in more ways than one. And I think we really see that throughout the film. So I think whatever Ari Aster had in mind for this movie, as far as just like the overall film, you know, the general concept to the end of the movie, I think he met his vision, exceeded his vision, and it really like shines through, I think. 
I think it did. It was fantastically shot, beautiful cinematography. They picked a beautiful location. I like the the quick transition from like suburban college life to like rural ancient life. You know what I mean? Because like yeah. these people are not with the times. You know, they have their own familial unit mm-hmm. and they operate in a certain way. Mm-hmm. So I, having outsiders wasn't that, I think, foreign to them. I'm, I'm assuming that uh, the Swedish dude that was the student that brought all his friends there, mm-hmm. I'm assuming he's done this before or something. Yeah, we c- get hints of that as the movie progresses. So, uh, I mean, already a lot of similarities, honestly, to The Wicker Man, the the pagan kind of community that uh, he experiences. Although, you know, in The Wicker Man, it was a lot more kind of contemporary. They had, you know, some like nice modern looking buildings and houses and, and they dressed very modern as well. Um, this one we don't know. It actually is like going on right in the middle pretty much of their midsummer festival so they have like the the garb on and everything the sort of traditional you know uh whatever clothes that they wear and they have like kind of not like huts but you know it's very rustic and and traditional kind of old school kind of carpentry and etc so you can tell right away that this uh, community is very like detached from the the outside world sort of big time yeah but yeah besides the fact that they have a camera besides that and yeah besides the fact that you kind of figure like oh uh they're not that weirded out by by seeing other people you know and um also the whole like kind of mystery behind that and behind what's going on at the festival has some similarities to how uh the wicker man kind of progressed as they gradually kind of learned things about these people and about what was going on kind of had the same vibes to me and i think it did that in a really good way as well very subtle like stuff is is there like if you catch things in midsummer you know those things become relevant uh but it's kind of easy to miss those things unless you're actually paying attention to the movie yeah like there's like uh there's photos of stuff to come Mm. like ritualistic photos of what can possibly you know go down during one of these you know swedish pagan ritual things yeah and like they all they all come into effect it, whatever picture you see whatever anything you see it's gonna come into full effect in the movie yeah lots of foreshadowing for sure but uh, i can definitely see how like kind of the casual viewer may not pick up on those things readily but yeah just if you guys pay attention you'll see a lot of stuff that actually has relevance and this is definitely a movie where uh, you would kind of have to piece things together and use some critical thinking to sort of give connections to things because despite the foreshadowing, the kind of overall uh, messages that this movie is kind of dishing out are not like super explicit. No, not at all. You know, we're really just kind of experiencing the story uh, from each one of the characters actually i think it does a good job of not just putting us in the shoes of danny um, but also of her boyfriend and of their other friends uh including will poulter's character he's fucking hilarious he's like the most like real one guys i'll be right back she wants to show me (laughs) yeah that was that was great uh he's just very kind of blunt and and open but you know like he's a like sarcastic uh humor to him so that's pretty great all around acting was phenomenal 
It really was. Especially from the main characters. Yeah. Um, We see kind of similar to Tony Collette's performance in Hereditary, Florence Pugh in this movie has kind of a revelatory acting role. And uh, I think she did an awesome job. This movie really had like the, it really amplified like emotions. Like it was realistic too, but like with all the drugs and everything, like Mm -hmm. there was like a, physical manifestation of these amplified emotions and you saw it really in like the body language of all the characters like Mm -hmm. during the grieving part when she saw what she saw through that keyhole Mm -hmm. it really like brought to life the familial unity of the place yeah that's what i think that was definitely a big part of it too you know hereditary really was more of a centralized like family drama sort of like a family based horror film midsummer had those vibes to me but uh not like hereditary at all you know no it was uh really it was about relationships for sure that was definitely a big part of the film as we kind of gather from all the the trailers and all the promotional marketing danny and christian's relationship is uh a big part of this film and i think it succeeded in telling that story for sure oh yeah i I think uh it was that was very well done and um Ultimately, I wasn't really sure who I was rooting for in that kind of struggle or if I should really even root for anybody, but I was really just kind of experiencing their decline, I guess, and ultimately, I think it might kind of be overshadowed for people by all the crazy moments, but that's a that's a standout part of this film for me. That was, like, really the main focus, really, because, like, mm-hmm. she and he, like, Danny and Christian, those are like the two the two main people that you should pay attention to. It's not about the dude writing his thesis or about the mm-hmm. funny dude trying to get it in and do drugs and yeah. shrooms and all that stuff. But yeah, and you kind of see, like you said, the deterioration of their relationship because of her personal problems. And then they came here to get away from all that. Mm-hmm. That's why he invited her to go with them. And honestly, if she never went, at first, you know, when they were going, he's like, oh, you know, I don't think she'll come, yada, mm-hmm. yada, yada. I just invited her. Imagine how much different it would have been if she wasn't there. Oh, yeah. And uh, we kind of learned that, you know, she really is kind of a central part of what is going on. But, um, you know, the, their whole relationship, honestly, felt pretty real to me, which uh, was another reason why I liked it. I think it was just incredibly well written, honestly, because, you know, it didn't it didn't feel like the characters interactions were being shown through like a film to me, yeah, you no. know. I mean, yeah, obviously, kind of, you know, you're watching a movie, but still. Uh, it was like real couple shit. Yeah, the way they interacted and everything. Like when that redhead would like touch the dude or when he'd look at her the way Danny would look at him and then look at her like suspiciously, you know, yeah. that's real. I'm telling you, that's yeah, real. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I felt that for sure. So um, I really enjoyed that aspect. Honestly, as far as the actual kind of brutal or fucked up shit goes, I mean, there was a lot of it, but I don't know. For some reason, I almost expected more. Like, I wasn't disappointed by it by any means, but I kind of thought it was going to delve, like, even more into that crazy, trippy psychological shit. It didn't... I mean, it did do that, but it didn't do it to the effect of something like Mandy or something like that. No, it wasn't, like, psychological, like, we're seeing through their lens and these hallucinations and... We saw their hallucinations when they did the drugs, but it was more so of like what they're going through. Yeah, exactly. Like they're almost being puppeteered. Yeah. 
sort of. And it does feel like that for sure. At, at one point, pretty much up until the end of the movie, it's all just like one big kind of drug fuel nightmare. Yeah. And uh, it's pretty consistent. It doesn't really ever let up once it really like kind of starts going. No, it starts getting crazier and crazier. Yeah. And I mean, I guess you could argue there are parts in between that sort of feel like they almost are dragging on. And at, at like two and a half or something hours, I mean, I get that. But I mean, the, the pacing was actually pretty good because every scene like was relevant and was important. Oh, yeah. It didn't feel like it dragged. It It was definitely a long movie. I, I knew I was at the theater for a while, but mentally I felt like I was watching that movie for like weeks. I felt yeah. like I was there and I was on the trip with them and I was just this like outside viewpoint looking in. Like, yeah. It was really an experience. It, it really was, yeah. So, I mean, ultimately, I thought the movie technically was done very well. I'm so happy that they used actually little CGI, ultimately, oh, yeah. in the movie, which, you know, wasn't really that uh, prevalent in Hereditary either. So, thank you, Ari Aster, for that. And the fact that they shot on location was awesome. I just like how genuine this movie was. You know, it really doesn't feel like anything else we've seen before despite some of the connections to like the wicker man and other folk horror but this really kind of has its own identity it was done like super professionally too mm. everything was like technically perfect with this movie and i never say that about any other movie besides like shutter island i think that's mm -hmm. another superbly done movie like martin scorsese's a genius mm -hmm. ari esther's a fucking genius their visions really came to life mm -hmm. like on the screen perfectly i think just as they had envisioned yeah, I think so too. And, uh, you know, Shutter Island, a movie really kind of shrouded in darkness a lot of the time. Yeah. Midsummer definitely, you know, held up the, its promise. Like we see nighttime once or twice very briefly, but uh, the, the whole movie, as you'd expect, is pretty much basked in, in sunlight. Yeah. Uh, one interesting, well, I have an interesting tidbit that I kind of read up on IMDb, but saying it, is like almost as a spoiler so i don't want to say it exactly but yeah i think the movie just kind of played with all its elements really well now is there anything that you didn't like about the movie or thought could have been improved honestly and this is the first time i'm saying this no okay i think it was perfect there's there's no way it could have been improved anything that would have altered this movie would have just taken away from it i think everything was like done perfectly to like the timing of everything crazy that started happening to like the i don't want to spoil it disappearances when i will just say that yeah to like the un unraveling and mm -hmm. the climax like that's when everything kind of falls into place and you're just like oh shit had they really planned this whole thing like this mm -hmm. yeah and one thing i'll kind of mention that i like to sort of in relation to what you just said was kind of that i almost got some kind of classic slasher vibes from from some of the movie not really in like what was happening but with what wasn't happening yeah you know and we'll, we'll probably talk about that in our in our spoiler uh review um so be sure to go check that out um i i would agree i mean i really think everything in this movie belonged in the movie and i thought it was just done very very well and i'm still kind of processing it I, I am too honestly i haven't stopped thinking about it yeah. like every day i've thought about it it really stuck with me yeah I, I i think it'll stick with me for a while and uh 
I had the same thing with Hereditary too. I almost kind of want to go see it again just to kind of take it in again and see if I like missed things or, you know, just kind of experience it one more time and see if I feel kind of the same way. But yeah, this is a, a tough movie to take in for sure. I mean, even though I said, you know, I, I was almost expecting more craziness, it was definitely still fucked up. Extremely. And it'll, it'll mess with you, I think, for sure. Um, you can argue i guess that it's not scary but honestly like we we know it's a movie you know but if that was happening to you for real you'd be fucking terrified if you're not disturbed by this a little bit at least there's like mm. then you've just been kind of desensitized yeah i think at that point then you're just one of those like if you're one of those gore whores and you just tough guys yeah. like love like torture movies like this is not for you all right this is this is like a fucked up this is a depressing movie okay Oh, extremely yeah. depressing for sure yeah because it, it really makes you contemplate exactly what's happening everything that's on the screen and uh yeah it definitely depressed the fuck it out seems of me. like a <laughs> metaphor for like depression like the whole it's mm -hmm. daylight outside but such depressing things are actually going on yeah. and then the ending can represent like breaking or at least thinking you've broken out of the depression and like you've kind of just fallen so far into it that you can't come back but you think that's normal well, I'll say this. I saw one uh, thing that Ari Aster said, and uh, you're pretty much on the right track. So, like that, the whole daylight, but there was still like crazy stuff and depressing stuff going on. That's mm -hmm. just like depression, man. It's beautiful outside, but in your head, you're just trapped in there. You're just fucked. Yeah. Yeah, guys. I mean, that pretty much sums it up for me. I definitely recommend you go check it out if you have not. Um, once again, if you want to check out, our spoilerific review then be sure to check out gravediscussions.net but we are going to move on uh, next up we have our final segment of the episode where we're going to look at a new movie that uh, comes to streaming services amazon prime in particular with this one and uh, we're going to be doing that on the chopping block <laughs> and on this week's chopping block fiends we have a, a, a movie that, that actually really doesn't have any relevance to uh, The Wicker Man or Midsummer, but it was still a cool movie that we wanted to check out. And this well, there's one, a spell book. Uh, there is. That is true, actually. Though that kind of is related among all three movies. But this one is a Book of Monsters, uh, now on Amazon Prime. For me, I was, just, uh, I was just scrolling through Amazon, just buying some new Blu-rays, because you know I'm a... I'm a junkie for Blu-rays. Mm. I'm the Blu-ray junkie. Yeah. And movies in general, horror movies in general. And something popped up and well, I, I ordered Monster Squad and it, it was in the recommended. If, like, if you like Monster Squad, you might also like, it was like Book of Monsters and I saw it was like a bloody disgusting thing or something mm -hmm. like that. Or, or Dread Central. Dread Central release. Yep. And uh, I guess it takes place in the UK. I didn't know. I thought it was about to be some like American shit. So I was like, oh, you know, we'll see where this goes. And I picked this up and like, you know, we couldn't decide what movie to watch last week after the, was it the podcast? Mm -hmm. And uh, we watched a few other ones, new ones recently. And then saw Book of Monsters and like me and Barnabas decided like, yo, let's check this one out. This looks like it'll be a fun movie. Mm -hmm. I expected it to be like lighthearted and stuff. No, practical effects were super gory. Mm -hmm. It was fucking crazy. It had demons, it had shapeshifters, it had genies. It, it was, it was amazing, honestly. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I yeah, I saw this one uh, through Dread Central, 
because I think it's like their, I don't know if it's their production company or if they're affiliated or with it or something, but Epic Pictures, I think, is the either production company or the distributor. But yeah, they, they were like advertising this and I was like, oh, that looks cool. And then I checked out some more stuff about it and uh, it promised to kind of be like a, like a monster party kind of movie. Yeah. Lots of practical effects, lots of uh, blood spilled. So I was like, yeah, I'm into that. You know, I love those kind of movies. They're not to be taken super seriously. They're not really meant to be extremely scary or anything. No, it's just fun, bloody fun. Yeah, this is this is a movie for us, like, creature feature fanboys. And we haven't been seeing a lot of those. Yeah. Like, a lot of good ones, at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there was, like, uh, the the found footage one, the Monster Project. That yes, was pretty cool. that one was great. Yeah, this, this one, though, not, uh, like, a found footage movie. Uh, really more of a narrative movie. But takes place pretty much all in this one house, which is cool. It kind of makes it more terrifying, honestly, because not only do you have to contend with one monster, but you have to contend with a bunch of monsters trying to get into the house and kill you. So it, it's it's a cool. It's not like the most unique premise, but it's a cool premise. Yeah, it had a really basic cinematography, mm-hmm. just you know, casual medium shots and like the panning shots, and then, but the the when it would actually change and become like super brutal is during the kills like the camera would be focused on everything that's happening like to the mm. person while they're being murdered or yeah. to the monster while it's being attacked or stabbed or chainsawed yeah lots of kind of close-up shots yeah. too which let us see all those cool practical effects and let us see the blood gushing out so that was cool i appreciated all that stuff i really did i mean i wasn't like you know artistically fucking attached to this movie or anything like that but yeah it was really mostly about showcasing the the monster costumes and all that stuff and so so that was cool and we did see a lot of it the movie didn't really take very long to kind of get into it which i appreciated you know even from the very first scene i think actually we we get that so and it kind of just jumps right into uh the, the the birthday party for the main character and she's like this quiet shy chick mm-hmm. and you know your your typical final girl i want to say yeah more or less yeah she's very kind of innocent and sweet and uh everybody kind of bullies her and stuff like that so yeah ultimately the characters in this movie not like the most i don't know interesting or or even captivating yeah but they were fine you know, this is definitely a, a, a female-centric film, too. Like, largely the main characters consist of, like, teenage girls, uh, which is a bit different from, like, you know, the classic 80s films. Although this movie definitely had that retro element to it. Oh, yeah. I felt like that was that was a kind of a cool element. And we saw that kind of female power uh, theme through it, too. But it wasn't really too much of that. It was more just about people sort of overcoming what they're afraid of and standing in the face of all this weird evil shit so that's at least how i felt about it yeah but um yeah the highlights were definitely all the kills and and everything like that just uh just the aesthetic of the monsters in general Mm -hmm. it was pretty cool when they all appeared uh i kind of wasn't impressed with the gin i think they could have did something better with that but that wendigo thing and the shapeshifter was probably my favorite yeah I mean, I honestly, I th- thought they did a pretty good job with most of them. Fun fact, apparently the actual monsters that were present were 
picked out by oh. by fans because I think this was like a Kickstarter project or okay. whatever. So it was like a crowdfunded thing. That'd be cool. I I didn't get a chance to like participate in that or anything. I don't know if I would have picked the same monsters, but yeah, some of them were cool. Some of them were cooler than others, but I think that's you know kind of to be expected. But overall, they were they were all fine. Um, there were some like twists and turns in the story that I felt were kind of just in there. Yeah, <laughs> you, you know you know what I'm talking about. I know it, it wasn't like the most brilliantly written story or anything like that. But I think it kind of played to the overall tone of the film fine it's like basically like a disney movie turned into a gore fest yeah kind of like for the plot at least you know what i mean oh she let you know all these monsters are being loose by this shapeshifter how do we get rid of them and like instead of like them just knocking over cars and like destroying houses they're like eating people and ripping them to pieces Mm -hmm. yeah that was cool i liked the isolated setting the music from what i can remember was pretty all right the acting was okay and uh so for kind of a a lower budget movie ultimately i think it did pretty well in doing what it was trying to do and uh for me it's not chopped no it's not chopped either i i thoroughly enjoyed this movie it was bloody fun Mm. pun intended and honestly i'd watch it again nice it has that rewatchability to it and practical effects are great Mm. cinematography is average the close-up shots on the kills are great stories average you know it's really cookie cutter but the execution is really what like did it for me and why I really enjoyed it. Yeah, so I think uh, if you guys are fans of 80s movies or just those retro style movies, if you're fans of monster movies, I think you'll enjoy this uh, film quite a bit. I definitely feel like there will be a portion of the movie going audience in general, especially the horror audience that finds it a little too campy, a little too silly at times possibly, but yeah, it's just a fun watch for sure. So it's on Amazon Prime. Go check it out, guys. Let us know what you think about it. Um, you can reach us on all our social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So check out either uh, Grave Discussions or Grave Disc SRD on Twitter. And uh, as we've mentioned a few times, check out GraveDiscussions.net, where you will be able to see the uh, spoilerific review for Midsummer and all of our other episodes and uh, more goodies. Yes, and join us next week as we throw darts at leprechauns on grave discussions. <laughs> This has been an SRD production.